We're back. Like, it only feels like it was a week ago that we, that we were shoving spronts into our mouths. <laughs> spronts. Uh, that looks quite tart. It's a little sharp. The ingredients are water, <laughs> barley malt, hops, yeast, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, allspice, curacao, orange peel. Okay. Has it got bits in it? I did close one eye, which means that this eye becomes 300% more efficient. That's science. That's a fact. You can bank that one. Straight away, you can probably tell that this is literally just going to be what a podcast is probably supposed to be, which is just two blokes chatting shit for an hour. <laughs> There's basically no structure. <laughs> Do you know what I read the other day on Twitter? Someone was like, oh, podcasters should go through a screening process to make sure they can't cast if they've got boring or whiny voices. I was like, okay. Who's going to be the judge of that? Yeah, that's very subjective. But I have to say, I watched some videos and the subject matter is really interesting, but the guy's talking like this and he just does. It's just monotone and it's mm. like, oh no, it makes me not interested in this thing that is actually interesting. So maybe. You know, I've always got told I've got a musical quality to my voice and you have got a very baritone, informative tone, which Hedge has said is very relaxing when she's trying to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have been told that my tone has got a soothing quality to it. Soothing, that's the one. It's not boring, it's soothing. There is a difference. <laughs> Whereas I think I'm like the hyperactive one because I've got kind of a bouncy mid-high range to my voice. Yeah, we... I don't put on, I just sound it's... Our ranges don't really sort of clash with each other too much. Now, the end is near. The end was near last time, but it's even nearer as in it's a couple of hours away for us now. That doesn't mean our world will end, but this episode mercifully will. But the end is coming. It is coming, just like Christmas is coming and the Venga bus is coming. Yeah, this is still before Christmas, confusingly. The faint aroma of prawn sauce, the jingles of the long vanquished Venga bus hang in the air. Its vengeful spirit wishes to be alive again to destroy all of its enemies. The future Halloween resurrection episode. <laughs> Halloween erection! <laughs> Hopefully this plan B isn't in effect, which just sounds like they're just making up buzzwords now. It makes it sound like they had a plan A, which the government clearly did not have a plan A. <laughs> this was always plan A, wasn't it? Everything's fine. Let's keep going on as we are. Yeah, sure. Incidentally, I have taken a test this morning and I'm still negative. That attitude won't stand around here, Sonny Jim. They're going to wheel out late 2000s, early 2010s rapper plan B and just put him on a stage and get him to rap at everyone to tell them to be safe and wear your mask over your nose your nose is also a part of your face please stop wearing it like this you know your nose is not just ornamental big meme where it shows like someone wearing a mask like that and then someone with a dick out of their trousers <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what you're doing <laughs> you're covering the balls 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 <laughs> not the dick. following our super challenge big list of 20 films that were totally comprehensive and wouldn't have pissed anyone off yep. i have seen both jack frost horror films as you do the first one we could only find on a dodgy site and it was like 360p, but it also <laughs> looked like somebody had pushed it gently through a cheese grater as well. High uh, quality. That was actually, I'll say better, it was better than the second one. So now I'm starting to think the other film should have won. <laughs> <laughs> Black Christmas, at least I could sit through it without wanting to turn it off because I expected something better to be happening. But with Jack Frost 2, my fiance and I watched them both back to back. Well, they're both obviously really shit. But the first one, it was very much self-aware and it was just kind of classic 90s guff really straight to video guff but then the second one it almost thought it had something to prove but then setting it on a tropical island where there is no snow <laughs> it had to make up some awful thing where jack frost couldn't melt anymore this just raises further questions all the jokes and, and like kills just seem geared towards like hey sexy lady let's go over here it's like no no the snowman cannot be a rapist as well even though that kind of does happen in the first one for one scene which is also very problematic as well gross tldr they're both shit but we also watched deck the halls and that was much better because <laughs> so, danny devito and matthew broderick just bigging have you watched it a long time ago yes they one up each other so much that they end up working together to to make a house display so powerful that you can see it from space and then they'd get like people to view it from the space telescope and like yep it's official we can see it from space roll credits <laughs> and that's it like what space telescope what you mean hubble i don't know i wasn't really paying that much attention we watched it late at night so i was, I was editing the film fight thing at the time as well so it was very meta is there anything else before we launch into the final intro of the year uh. 
some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with horrendous sound generic beat some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder welcome to always an adventure season one finale no less it's a super spectacular which in no way is super or spectacular. We are basically going to be day drinking and reflecting on the year that has whizzed by its ups, its downs, its diagonals and any other angle you so desire. We've no listener questions or barely any structure, which doesn't really change much. It's just two 30-somethings being all nostalgic and waffling on. I'm sure it will go well, right? <laughs> uh, maybe. For the final time this year, I'm the burnt-out husk of Sam. And I'm the hernt-out busk that is Alex. <laughs> All right, uh, I just tried to use my trackpad. I've, I'm using a mouse, everyone. The, the real, mouse. The is... mouse. It's not hanging from the ceiling anymore. It's actually being used for its intended purpose. It's got, I don't know if you can see it, the little lights on it is how sensitive you could make it as well. So, so sensitive. It's three or four sensitive. Right? There are three lights. <laughs> what was that in reference to? <laughs> it's a reference to a Star Trek TNG episode. I don't watch as much Star Trek as you, so I'm not big up on the trucks maybe meet daddy at this point is pointing at his speakers and or headphones confusingly you know it's been quite a year for swiping through facebook and getting all of the super fun stuff but is there any tiny little dregs we can hover up them dregs <laughs> only needs a new belt and a, and a pipe. we all need a belt and a pipe at times facebook swiping mcdoodads kids hydraulic hairdressing chair all works fine collection from collection from where oh it's got a, a postcode so is it, was it a hover chair sorry <laughs> i've just got the word hover in my head now. hydraulic a high draw is it like those people that have mamba spice and just take it outside Cineworld and then slump over on the railings drawing for 10 minutes and you're like are you okay mate and then they just get up and leave what? like that <laughs> it seems like a lived experience yes oh wow that's amazing <laughs> for our dear listeners who aren't seeing this picture it's um a small red part of a car that a child can sit in while their hair is being cut actually the eyes either side are sort of like <laughs> are they looking at the knees of the child as this is happening or just awkwardly staring downwards okay <laughs> oh what has my life come to? <laughs> Let's not think about it too much. I can't unthink it, Alex. This, for free, from what looks like a dog that can type, part roll of loft <laughs> insulation. Free, just want it gone. Collection High Holden. A part roll. No, they couldn't use it. They had to give it away. Okay, before you download a picture, it comes out blurry. It genuinely looked like a roll of meat or something. <laughs> it, just, it still does. <laughs> yeah, it either looks like a big roll of meat and or con uh, condy floss. <laughs> Candy floss. <laughs> Give my condy floss more. <laughs> the condy floss, man. Don't you insolence your loft with condy floss. <laughs> I saw it on the doll. <laughs> anyway. Oh boy, there's going to be an advert that's going to come up and it's going to sound like that. Yep. Good afternoon, humans. Everyone loves sweets, don't they? What could be better than experiencing your teeth disintegrate in real time as two fruit confections containing more E numbers than a 90s rave? It's a candy first confections with a manner of sweet treats in quantities that'll bring out the doctors and taxmans to the yard. We stock such delights out. Oh, happy fellas. For those who like a bowls of loose paste, dip anything you like in it. Anything. A type of two pylons. Teeth are threateningly hard. Rock candy brimming with powdered sugar. Goes great with dippy fillers, foam crabbies with authentic sugar-based sea salt flavor, edible sugar paper, comes with 78 different flavors, eat the book, be the book, come and down to Candy Flush Confections where our doors are always really, really wide open. We wouldn't want you getting stuck trying to enter the shop, but instead get stuck into our sweet treats. Candy Flush Confections, we always have a really wide open doors. Yeah, that actually looks quite delicious, but I know you're not supposed to eat it because it's very scratchy. It'll make your stomach itch. It looks like a dog has been at it. Maybe the same dog that typed this. Yeah. Was like, 
do not like is itchy please go temptation <laughs> overwhelming to keep chewing the one time that oscar got into the loft he was not a happy bunny afterwards because he got loft insulation on his paws and it just made him itchy poor oscar that silly silly man for those who are not aware oscar's both not a man or a bunny he's a cat to be honest if you don't know who oscar is you're just clearly not a fan of the show because he has appeared in person at least once, and we've mentioned him many times. Approximately 20 tonne of good quality topsoil free. Take as much or as little as you want. Taker must remove their selves. Taker must remove their selves. Good sentence. Uh, can I go there with a little teaspoon? Just like... <laughs> they go there and just take a pocket full. I'm done, I'm good. That, that does me hey. for today. Stop stealing my customers. they got to steal my sand first. <laughs> must remove their selves. That is suggesting through their awful grammar is that the taker, they're expecting to just hang around and never leave. It's like you need to remove yourself from the situation after taking the soil. Bury yourself in it like a skate or ray would and then just live there just with your eyes poking out ready for prey to appear. If someone takes their next teaspoon or pocket full and they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they start nipping at the ankle. <laughs> Mine! On a similar vein, old door, already stripped of paint, one panel damaged, cheaper than a salvage yard. Yours for a tenner. Cheaper than an entire salvage yard. Well, I doubt that. It does look like it's been in a loft for about 48 million years. That looks haunted. I think I've mentioned the mirror from Oculus before, but it's got that... No, it's not, because the mirror from Oculus looks nice. This is like... <laughs> this is grim. This is the mirror from that remake of that film, Mirrors, or Into the Mirror, with Kiefer Sutherland in it. Which is amazing, by the way, because one of the final shots is all the mirrors in this place explode. It, it wasn't made in the 90s, but it does that 90s action thing where it switches to a new angle and it shows the explosion from the start again. So it's just got all these mirrors exploding over and over. Like, it's just insane. You wanted to see that bit again? You get to see that bit again. Yeah, to be fair, it's the best bit of the film. And Kiefer Sutherland screaming at a mirror. Can I interest you in a Ben Tall Corn Crusher? 1910. Very good working order, £400 or near offer. A corn crusher? That sounds like something that might actually appeal. A giant iron mechanical belt-fed corn crusher. Uh, that looks like you can crush a lot more than corn in that, my friend. Have you seen the film Fargo? That but corn crusher? Just you can only fit a hand in there. <laughs> It'd probably masticate you good. Masticate you chewing. Yeah. You, you could you, say you, that. It, it could chew you good. I think it's macerate, you know, the things that freak me out that I'd never want to be fed feet first into. The, the, the rotary teeth. drums. No, I imagine it's got a set of full teeth and it just nom 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 nom. <laughs> just <laughs> only the finest teeth to crush the corn. Yeah, they, there's a special piece of the equipment that makes that nom 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 noises. There's an engine part to it. It doesn't actually drive it. It just makes a nom 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 nom. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's a, some sort of contrivance to sort of hit... It's a piece of leather that hits against, I don't know, a spring or something, and the, the resulting noise is nam, 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 nam. Yeah, well, this was the early 20th century as well, so they wouldn't have had uh, ability to build a speaker that would be small enough to fit in there, so they would just have to improvise. Yeah. So I want that gnashing, chomping thing, but for £400, if we get enough followers in 2022... <laughs> we'll buy ourselves a corn will, crusher. <laughs> if we get to some really arbitrary number, like 28,372... Then we'll buy ourselves a three-quarter ton corn crusher made entirely of iron, which we have to drive off a bloody steam generator or something. I've got a big enough garden for it, so... True, you good. do. We could set up one of them maniacal traction engines. The ones that have, like, organ bits in them, so they can play, like, a really creepy tune as well. Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. I went to a wedding where they had them, and I'm like, can I leave now? I'm scared. Are you sure it was a wedding? Like, yes, it, that it was. Do you know what would be great? <laughs> if so... I think you know what I'm about to say. If someone played the Here Comes the Bride or the Wedding March, but on the organ that someone made out of Furbies. <laughs> 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 the terrifying chorus of Furbies. <laughs> this advert's for a car. Someone's selling a smart roadster. And the ad's not that interesting, but the pictures are. Because they've decided that they're going to blank out the number plate with their finger. Is it that finger? No, it's it's their index finger. They're just holding their finger in perspective in the shot so that it covers oh. the number plate. <laughs> okay, I thought, right, okay, in one shot, yeah, maybe, but there's... There's what, several. <laughs> there's several shots. What about the number plate of the car behind? You didn't care about <laughs> no. their one, did you? So you should have been doing that. Or what's the shock at that? <laughs> Live long and spock her. If I can see that, everyone else can, you selfish bugger. Well, to be honest, right, 
all they have to do is look for the jankiest looking road in the world and a red car and they'll find your car quite easily there's only so much of ashford that has those kind of roads and those kind of houses i know where yeah. it is roughly just because i know the area and finally would anyone be interested in selling children's books from home oh god it's quite a long post isn't it crikey oh no that's a smart roaster my bad smart roaster now this is it like avon where they commission you to sell them before your customer has them or you have them do you go around showing children's books you have a big stockpile you have to deliver them yourself are you having to write the children's books from home and then sell them we need more information alex would you with my writing skills be able to write a children's book we could base it off of our favorite authors and adventure characters and no <laughs> children would ever want to read it i guess we could write a children's book oh, is 2022 that... goals i've set a precedent <laughs> Let's become David Williams and swim the channel as well for some reason. I'm not doing that. I can't swim. Shit. I would immediately just go, let's go. <laughs> Wasted. We just need to get a banana boat and then sit on it and then get another boat to drag us along because they don't have engines. Or we could hire a really disproportionate whale to carry us across the channel. Could we try the Guinness Book of Records record for the, the fastest channel crossing on a banana boat? I don't think anyone's done that yet because have you seen banana boats and how they work? They, you can't stay on them for more than five seconds without falling off. That's the challenge. Well, I know somebody, they were on a banana boat and a wave come along and the bottom half of their swimsuit flew off. <laughs> <laughs> I think there may also be, you know, because they take photos, don't they? So fucking <laughs> underoos are flying and he's like... If we were going anywhere near the English Channel on a fucking banana boat, I'd imagine we'd at least be wearing wetsuits. Mankini all the way. <laughs> you will die. Yeah, well, inside and out. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll spend 98% of the time tucking yourself back in. Flapping in the breeze. Yeah. Flapping in a breeze. 2022 children's book by Always an Adventure. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Moving swiftly on, indeed. A lot of news has happened this year, hasn't it? But a lot of it has just been very superficial and bloaty. So I have, and certainly you have, generated so many headlines that you've wanted to sort of carry forward, but there's been no time or the content's just too boring. In that spirit, we're going to hoover up the dregs, or the headline dump, as I guess we should call it. Let's get on with the dumps. Paddling pool is not the place for boozed up parents. <laughs> <laughs> Plans to sell alcohol at warmer paddling pool rises... Oh, raise fucking hell. <laughs> Plans to sell warm. Uh, plans to send warmer at alcohol paddling pool. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's falling apart. Right. Plans to sell alcohol at warmer paddling pool rises. <laughs> <laughs> warmer paddling pool raises water safety. <sighs> raises water safety fears. Warmer paddling pool raises water safety fears. The boss behind plans to serve alcohol at the site of a children's paddling pool has defended the move after fears over children's safety were raised. Wow, that took you almost an entire article's worth to read the first line of that article. Nottingham couples slam atrocious sofa that's like a deck chair. So that was on the 8th of November by Joel Moore. Like a deck chair. And uh, basically, they waited seven months for the three-piece suite to arrive and weren't happy with it. For some reason, this made the news. People not happy with sofa. Instead of sending it back, let's tell the Nottingham Post instead. This needs to go to press. Warning after potentially dangerous items left in coffins. Sam Williams <laughs> writes, Hawkins Crematorium. Crematorium! It's the one that every time, <laughs> every time I drive past it, that's what goes through my head. Crematorium! Just leave me alone! <laughs> anyway... Hawkins Crematorium asks families to stop leaving potentially dangerous items in coffins. Things that can explode, stuff that shouldn't be set on fire. The things that fuel. should not be. Yeah. <laughs> Going from coffins to prisons, this is the one I almost brought along when you talked about a story that was very similar animal related. Chickens on death row to help ease Nottingham prisoners back into society. Southerwell Hostel adopted six laying hens who had otherwise been sent to slaughter from the British Hen Welfare Trust as therapy animals. Five so, golden rigs. Death row chickens. Look at them. Look at the criminals. They're fucking loving it now. Way. Harry Potter coin thief jailed. What a bastard. <laughs> He's now the prisoner of Ashford prison. Is there a prison in Ashford? No, no. The nearest one be Maidstone. Maidstone prison. Doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> so the, the headline is a little confusing because the man also has a mark on his forehead, but it's actually about a thief who stole collectible Harry Potter coins during a burglary has been jailed. What a shit. 
Oh, he does have a mark on his head. That's very good. <laughs> First off, we have people stealing Pokemon cards. Now we have someone stealing the Harry Potter coins. Of he all looks things. like a Malfoy, though, doesn't he? Uh, He's a bit of a Malfoy blonde guy. Oh, dear. Yeah. Also, Nottingham man avoids jail after importing WhatsApp ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Joel Moore again. Basically, it's pills that look like WhatsApp icon. Get police in a flap. Nottingham people doing more drug things. What a surprise. They kind of just look like bits of peas or spinach or something. Like that. It's the little speech icon from WhatsApp. You need a party drug to look like a novelty thing in order to appeal to this generation. I don't know. You can't just say it's drugs. It'll be good. No, it also has to be a nice shape. At least it's not the poo emoji. I was about to say something about poo. Like <laughs> A lot of the drugs that my friends did when they were younger, the resin stuff, did actually look and smell like shit. Sheppy Prisoner had an extended sentence after biting prison officer in row over dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> Whomst is going to wear it? Or maybe he disagreed with the cut of it? Or I don't know. That's crazy. While at her HMP only on the Isle of Sheppy, Clayton Rose sunk his teeth into his victim's wrist, leaving a deep wound after he was challenged for wearing a dressing gown in an area where it wasn't permitted. I'm sorry, there are no dressing gown areas. Apparently wow, so. Prison is brutal. You've got to have a certain level of gravitas when you're walking around a fucking prison. There's not actually a picture of the dressing gown offender, unfortunately, but two people are mad. Angry. Going from dressing gowns to lingerie. Lingerie worker stole 18000 from employer to spend on Domino's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fucking pizza. Martin Naylor in April, that's how long ago I've been sitting on this, some jeb-end fleeced a small business he worked for to fund his insatiable lust for pozza. What dick. <sighs> he looks like the kind of guy that's going to fuck over your small business so he could eat so many pizzas. This picture of his face in the middle of a load of £50 notes is kind of sus. That's real subtle Nottingham Post if you generated that image. <laughs> you know he's very much about that cash money life. Pairs crime spree ended by traffic queue. Was this on the M20? <laughs> <laughs> These two were from Sheppey and Sittingbourne unsurprisingly. Alex G writes, Two burglars have been jailed after committing a huge number of crimes across North Kent and Medway. Jim Smith and Benjamin Lee were on a crime spree that was stopped when Lee was held up by traffic whilst fleeing police officers. Tra-la-la-la-la-la, British people. <laughs> Always queuing, even to their own detriment. I've got one final one. This is on the 20th of June by Anna Whittaker. Notice how all of these headlines are written by people whose names I can pronounce, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about people that you can't say their name. Anyway, she writes, Outrage over human feces found in Nottinghamshire woods. That's the Outrage. entire article. <laughs> That's it's it. Like, there's one line where she writes about what happens, and then six other lines are just people's tweets about it. And one of them is, I understand that someone may have been caught short, but this is the third time it's happened. Person shits in the woods. People are angry. Well, it wasn't me, because we all know that I do not shit in the woods. That's my brother. I prefer to shit in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Near homeless people, indeed. Everyone has their kinks. Can't say I'm proud of it. Anyway, you can get hard these days. It's about <laughs> as festive as taking your car for its MOT. Chris, uh, Chris Britcher writes... Review of Weatherspoon's festive fair at the Royal Victoria Pavilion in Ramsgate, which has got a nice-looking building shame. It's the Spoons. They're talking about the festive meal, and yes, as they said, it's about as festive as taking a car for an MOT. They had a burger, which, yeah, it's a thing. Did it have stuffing and or turkey on it? You just stick it in a microwave. That's all you do to any Weatherspoon's food. You want to recreate the experience, get something that's vaguely palatable, let yeah. it go cold, then put it back in the microwave and then eat it. So it looks like it's a burger with lettuce and onion, tomato, and then slices of brie and then bacon on top of it, and then a stick through it and two pigs in blankets. Oh, the pigs in blankets make it festive. But for my money, I wouldn't go to Weatherspoons. But it's now inspired me. I'm going to make a festive burger. It seemed the only thing they've added to these things because there was a festive pozza was that they put brie on it. Is that it now? Do you have one more? Did you say you had seven? I can't remember. Well, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I think I have one more. Bear Local news. Alex drops phone. Knocks over his fucking beer, which he put on a coaster because he really needs a fucking coaster for some reason. Oh, don't worry. If it makes you feel any better, I was trying to take a picture of my glass, which has a dinosaur on it. And I leaned my glass backwards like this to take a photo. And it, was full. <laughs> it just spilled onto my laptop charger. So Clever girl. Naked carpenter back behind bars. Ed McConnell writes, A serial flasher who gained notoriety as the naked carpenter is back behind bars after falling foul of sexual offenders registered terms. There's a picture of the guy. He's a carpenter, though. Why is it? Why? Because that's his profession. Yeah, well, he's not like a famous carpenter, is he? So you only do that to celebrities, like famous actor, famous podcasters. 
Let's not ask. Just like say, naked arc welder. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, those were the headlines of 2021 that we never got around to actually doing the full stories of and discussing in depth. But I feel that we managed to make this segment big enough for you to enjoy. Now, there's another thing that's big that you can enjoy. And it's not this banana because no matter how close I hold it to the camera, it's still not to scale. But I'll tell you what is to scale. Our conversation for this week. Oh. oh, you know, you get that alcohol hit at the very bottom of a Bailey's because yeah. it's all sort of sunk to the bottom. Why the fuck did you gargle fucking Bailey's? Because I wanted to start my beer. It's a very big boy. You are a classy lass. I'm pouring out my Baltic porter. Is that what you're doing? I'm not just effervescing off camera. Anyway, so welcome to uh, the rambling, even more so, part of this podcast, which is us reflecting on the year we've had or the 10 months. It's been basically a year. It feels like it's been about 10 years because 2021, am I right? <laughs> oh boy. Mm. Yeah, it does feel like it was a long time ago that we started this and it wasn't actually that long. It wasn't, but because so much has happened, it feels like there has and we're going to look back on it. This album's nearly 11 years old. How we sign off is because of that album. There we go. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to talk about our favourite moments, our not so favourite moments and maybe just a bit about each month as it went by, like some kind of snail so would you like to go first with what you favoured most about what we've done in the past 10 months? Moments that kind of stick out, even though it was incredibly infuriating at the time, is when we did the pre-Bloodstock one where we were too intense. <laughs> it was pretty intense because we had to do that intro three times. <laughs> I watched that intro earlier as well, and it's so funny. Like, because <laughs> I managed to salvage the footage that almost got destroyed, so we used a good take, and then immediately afterwards is our very, very stilted. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though it was only three times, by the third time, we would definitely just go through the motions of what we'd already done. But when we hit a certain point we hadn't done it yet so we're like hey you know we hit our stride again and we were a little bit tipsy by then because we had done three chambalays <laughs> by then yeah. like, there's that but then there's we go all the way back to february this year when we recorded a pre-pilot and you just descending into utter uncontrollable giggle fits <laughs> you can find out more on our website i should <laughs> I've said it before, but I watch that sometimes if I'm feeling sad and it actually makes me laugh. So we've created something at least one person benefits from. It's just because even Bella agrees. She, I asked her what she favoured about it. She's like, Alex's laugh is just so bloody infectious. When you when you go proper giggle thing, it's just you can't help but laugh along. And Christ, so I'm glad we get to share that with the world because other people find it funny, and it's not just me being like, oh, it's because I know him, and I think it's just funny when he just can't even. It's like 16 years we've known each other. A lot of years. Crazy. Got a whole lot of years. My favourite episode is actually the festival special because, in spite of the many technical issues, <laughs> it was like fraught with calamity but it was so rewarding to finally get it all together and then me try my best battling against the demons of editing of course when we did the in-person live one yeah well that goes without saying does it that was <laughs> we were recording for an hour and six minutes which is probably the least we've ever recorded but 51 minutes of that remained that's the least amount of cutting i've ever had to do in any of our episodes usually we record for almost twice as much as what mm. the audience sees and i was just like that's the difference between having to do it over meets where we've learned how to adapt <laughs> to this kind of shit. <laughs> it's the slight delay. Like you don't, you can't bounce off each other as quickly. It was just so good. And having meet daddy there was just so funny. Like just having someone to bounce off as well. Like the audience member who was a fan of our show. Like, oh. Maintain onion vigilance. What about the ad reads? There has been many, hasn't there? I have kept all of them. I quite liked the like inspirational moments of certain points where like Southern Man was created for conspiracy spray. Spray away the conspiracy. Dead fast because your video for it is a brilliant, absolute. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's probably like... one of my favourites. The fidget <laughs> <laughs> stops and then moves again. <laughs> got more into the stride of it as we went on did you ever release my read of utility chair no but maybe i should utility chair <laughs> grab one today before it grabs you we got meet daddy to do it but as a backup in case he couldn't do it we got you to do it yeah. but maybe i should do that like there's going to be a lot of editing stuff that i won't spoil at the start of next year before we start season two 
and I might just start just to keep people happy just release like the alternate car finally release the for fun for sport you are the calculator <laughs> the, the I have bit. no idea why I cut that because it's funnier now well, it's a bit like you, you cut direct quote of shawaddy waddy in the one that was my pork. fault i didn't know that that was you just like hold on kid what's the use of dreaming you have prawns and a face bus and so many scissors I was like, why is he saying this word it doesn't even make sense know, it, it fit? yeah it really does sort of feel shammed in but yeah it's from a shawaddy waddy song my favorites are the crabvert <laughs> because like your old man vegas voice how many times less than four times have you thought about crabs today is it less than four a bit in its law but never zero. The voice and the fact that you were deliberately stumbling over yourself and like pretending you were like an old man. I think you really got into that character. <laughs> and because I love Power Thirst, the sock juice energy one was not only <laughs> yeah. fun to edit, but you're really angry. <laughs> angry. Yeah. And uh, of course, Paranormal's Curios, which is definitely the least I've ever cut out of any advert. It's just like, it's two and a half minutes. The read is two and a half minutes. Oh, that was so funny. The disapproving look of a homeless man. That was another one of those. Let's make it slightly unsettling by having a weird cadence to it. They used a, sorry, uh, caretaker, but I used one of his tracks underneath yeah. and it just, it created this unsettling, the timing of it was really good. So I didn't really close any gaps anywhere. It was just kind of straight through. There are so many memories though, like on an individual basis, just like any time one or both of us just end up descending into uncontrollable laughter is always funny for me to edit and watch. <laughs> any time where we have to eat or drink or do a challenge of any sort, which we always fuck up, even when you or I fuck up our lines is still funny because it turns <laughs> it like there's bits where I've left in and people are like, why have they left that mistake in? Because then it leads to a joke which leads to a segue, which leads to the rest of the episode. So sometimes yeah. it, we just adapted to our flubbing and idiocy. Just those yeah. moments of spontaneous silliness that are just great and they stick in the mind. And even though a lot of this is the making our in-jokes out jokes, we're forming new in-jokes. Yeah, even it's getting so dense. It's like a big... <laughs> Inscrutable knot of nonsense. We move on to not-so-favourite moments. We did have that dip, where was it? We had a, some slow episodes, but that was probably just life getting in the way a bit. But I'd say... Yeah initially starting this was a bit scary i guess for you because when i was trying to put the proper first episode together you didn't bring along the music challenge or i think you managed to bring along a news article but you were just so not prepared because i think you were just a bit like what the fuck am i doing and yeah. i was just i was so like because that's what i'm like at the start of any creative project i was so into it i was just like alex what the fuck and i got really upset and really stressed and then you were like oh shit <laughs> and then i was like oh shit because we were both going through shit and we didn't realise that we were going through that shit and they were like, and that taught us about communication. I don't think anything we put out has been my least favourite. There have definitely been dips. The time suck of editing at points almost drove me to madness. And like you said, it's because of things happening outside of the podcast. It wasn't necessarily because the podcast like social life. I've had a couple of bereavements this year. Uh, September and October for me were pretty intense and I think that shows with like the quality of the editing. I did put as many mm -hmm. silly cutaways. The adverts were by my standards pretty phoned in and stuff like that like i wasn't as proud of those three or four episodes around that time as i am it feels like i'm picking back up again so yeah for me it was getting into the flow of what needs to be done for this to be a regular creative mm. output for one and the fact that yeah, it's, it's not just myself that i have to disappoint it's making sure that you can actually it's not been a good year you said 2020 i'm all right that's just got in the way of everything it's, it's Having this regular thing to do has been helpful. It's mm. it's a bit of an escape, but also it's something to add a bit of regular scheduled normalcy. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking, like, we used to hang out what, every weekend or every weekend we could when we were living closer together. Yeah. And that would be our regularly scheduled normalcy, especially for me because I had a really shit job then and I didn't enjoy life quite so much and I was living with my parents. And it was just like, mm. I get to see my friends at the weekend. We get to go on a long drive to nowhere or just go on a photo trek or sit around your house and get pissed and listen to music until five in the morning or whatever, whatever. It's, that is a more grown up version of what this is. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, no, the other way around. Sorry. This is a more grown up version of what that is. I don't really know. Either way, I'm having a lot of fun. This involves more hardware and cockles. The thing I struggled with the most actually was I'm not very good at social media. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I just thought pretty early on, if we have a Twitter, that might actually get people that we don't know more involved. And I think mm -hmm. we do have a few silent listeners, but we don't have any of those listeners that we don't know. They don't really come forward and engage as much. 
And I'm thinking, like, if this was a proper job, like, we would get someone to <laughs> do that properly. Yeah, I'm not the so- social media person either, really. I, this is always a self-indulgent thing of let's just do this and it's a bit mm. of fun for us. And if anyone listens, then that's a bonus. And yep. I'm terrible at self-promotion. I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, see episode, what, two or three, when I tried to get you to promote your band. You're like, I know you want me to plug, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Not telling you the name though. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's rubbish. When I got a green screen and I was trying to implement that, that frustrated me a lot because I don't have the right lighting for it, and I was using yeah. my SLR and stuff like that, and it just wasn't working. I tried it for a couple of a couple of few episodes, and it just looked crap. Benedict's cumber snunt. Bendy bins crumple patch and you'll notice in our live special it was in the background with every intent to use it and it just the <laughs> lighting was so bad it was like nah this yeah you need happen, you need so much light for it it needs to yeah. be a flat green and no variation at all and loads of light but it made me realize that this is a spare room not a tv studio so people just got to temper their expectations and then i stopped caring so much but i've got fairy lights which occasionally cause weird lens flare on cameras <laughs> good also at that time during editing where half of the episode got deleted and i, <laughs> I text you immediately and i was like oh fuck alex guess what i've done somehow i don't even know how still to this day like it just half of it that i'd already spent hours editing just disappeared from the timeline and because i was zoomed into a one section i didn't notice until i zoomed out and i was like oh how long has this been deleted for <laughs> and i was almost in tears but then vegas does this thing where it it saves a backup yeah and it was a backup from a few hours before so i only lost about two three hours not 12 hours so <laughs> i was fine by that that's, just, that's uh, not so that was bad. a real brown trousers moment that was <laughs> i had a moment um this is completely not in anywhere near the same league of disappointment but one of the games i was playing recently um i was playing it and i realized that my audio interface had decided to upchuck its bamboo so I immediately what I did is I switched it off to turn because it's got an external power and switch on it yeah. to get it to start working again. But of course, what they did was it made the game crash. Go back into the game and my save, which I've been playing for, I don't know, 20 hours, had disappeared. It's like, no, gone. That is the same league. I've had similar issues with games as well, where you're just like, and your heart sinks because you know you put so much time into it and you're like, I have to do all that again. And if it's an open world thing, you can't remember the exact order that you did everything and how you branched the story off in certain ways. <laughs> it actually worked out okay because I basically replayed the entire game again and that save had got to about the same points as I got to previously in a previous run through. So when I started this new game, I deleted all my old saves because I just wanted to start a new one. Rookie error. But what happened was Steam had restored the old saves. So I had the old games to go back to. So I basically restarted another one and went, oh, this is exactly where I was in the other game, but I've got more money. I'll just play this one then. Cheers. So you kind of know that sometimes these things happen. Luckily, touch wood, this is the only time that's ever happened. And I do do backups and things like that now. Mm. That's pretty much everything that kind of wasn't so great about the podcast and half of that was because of what was happening outside of the podcast anyway so yeah time management is difficult when you've got a full-time job so speaking of time what do you reckon we would do differently if we had more time and an actual budget for it if someone paid (laughs) us to do this even if it was only a little bit well if we had money that would be i don't know what we'd do um if this is actually paying enough money really i'd probably have a more appropriate set i think your set is wonderful and it's actually garnered positive feedback granted by people's dads but <laughs> people you like don't my have wall- a beige wall with a random stain on it do you? Yeah. <laughs> people like my wall of dildos yeah fucking hell forgot about that <laughs> dear listeners behind me there are screwdrivers on the wall and yes they could be misconstrued as a line of dildos i would think more butt plugs but yeah the base isn't flanged enough you always need the flange and this is a piece of advice that we have actually imparted before you always need a flange otherwise you're going to lose it up your bum hole and that's an awkward conversation with your gp i want to try and remove a screwdriver from my butthole with just the screw driving bit just too slippery because yeah if you're doing it properly you've put lube on it so it's going to be a not a good time you need to get like a mole grips <laughs> like <Yeah. that>. just... <laughs> lower yourself into a bench vice and just tie it yeah, up and... just, just then stand up <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it sounds like sweet Sue's chicken and a can being slopped. <laughs> if anyone's got any ASMR of that, please keep it to yourself. Why am I full of jelly? Also, I would, I would rehearse my scripted bits a bit better. For me, if this was how we made money, I would try to push to either do more regular shows or increase the quality of the shows that we do, which is probably wise. Oh, yeah, 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 that too. 
Yeah, it'd be a lot more polished because we do this before and after work and I put in weekends when I can. Alex does the ad read on Monday evenings after he gets back from work. That's the worst time mentally to have to want to do anything. But but the thing is, because it is dedicated time, I get into the zone of doing it. I've, I've mentally... Our way to the ad read zone. There's a technique involves a bit of rereading the script, absorbing it and then thinking about like the words and how it's going to be read and... That sort of forms the idea of the final form. This is not even my final form when it comes to <laughs> the, the persona that's reading it. But everyone knows that final form is crab. Mm -hmm. That is everyone's final form. But I'd be interested to try and invite guests on if we had like the space to do it as well. Like having Meat Daddy, he wasn't even a guest. He was an audience member and he put in so much. If we were to do this properly, we'd need someone dedicated to social media just to do that and not us doing it but like somebody yeah. who's good at that doing it yeah because i reckon they could extend our reach because all i do is just randomly comment on people that say podcast recommendations and stuff oh incidentally in the past 24 hours we've gained four new followers which may not sound a lot but we went from 67 to 71 followers so nice percentage wise it's a big increase we have a massive damage appeal it's just getting into the right niche isn't it the the niches are quite big it's just working your way in because there are thousands and thousands of podcasts mm. out there so it's difficult. It is difficult. I think we're one of a few hundred that do the video element. So I hope you enjoy video elements going forward. I would continue doing video if we had time as well. Just I really enjoy the final product and, and the, how it comes off. Yeah. But the process is so long. It just it takes up so much time. So it would just be nice to do that for... If I could do that eight hours a day, five days a week you would notice an absolutely massive upshot in the quality. It would still be just as stupid, but I'd be able to just do really intricate frame-by-frame frame perfect things as well. Because like things like where I get something to follow someone's hand or stuff like that, it, just, it, it looks like it's basically a throwaway joke. It takes like 20 minutes to do like a four-second clip. Because you have a it lot of frames to do that in. It'll do two frames and it'll freeze for a frame. Then it'll do another two frames. and free So on the freeze frame, you have to make sure that the thing doesn't move on that freeze frame. Otherwise, it will go out of sync. Yeah. And so you have to keyframe it every frame, 25 frames a second. So for three seconds, that's 75 frames. If anything, if we got paid to do this, mm -hmm. we'd obviously spend more time on thinking about what we're going to do and the, the amount of effort put into it and the general production quality would just be higher and we'd have someone do an actual job on our socials. Also, yeah, we'd have a bespoke studio, which to both sit at the same time if we had all the money. We've adapted to this co-host thing, but like I said, nothing beats real time. It's just like... I mean, look at when we were at Bloodstock. That was at least half a dozen people that were really hilarious and the other half a dozen people were really good at bouncing off people who were really hilarious in the same campsite. And the comedy hour, <laughs> the inexplicable, that was sides were in orbit. Just... <laughs> raging spag bowl. <laughs> raging spag bowl. <laughs> Raguse <for> bowl. <laughs> Oh god, so good. With regards to editing as well, I did have plans to record more elaborate intros, such as remember our joke fake intro that we're gonna do for the live special where you were gonna pretend to be in your room and then I using green screen magic was gonna walk in behind you and go, You're right and it yeah. turns out it was all a ruse. We couldn't figure out how to do that properly because of the green screen and then we ran out of time, so we just didn't. Proper studio space would make it a lot easier for us to try those kind of things. We'd have a sit down uh, a la Joe Rogan would have a table, <laughs> an audio treated space and we'd just have mics and all of that set up so we could just sit down and we can do the recordings and it's none of this faffing about and it just save time. Well I guess with you and me as well, I have to set up this space every week because this room normally is our laundry room or or a chill out room or something else so we have to I have to put everything away and then bring yeah. it all back in again if it was just already set up all we had to do is just sit down and start talking i'd just offer more time really wouldn't it so yeah for, for me it's lighting and i put a bag over this microphone and then push the the boom out of the way so that it doesn't get dusty yeah oh, well, my boom up still on my bookshelf and a five kilo weight to stop the bookshelf falling over because the shelf isn't attached <laughs> <So>. <laughs> proper setup but yeah that's pretty much the good, the bad, and the, what we would do. In summary, like the reason why we started this podcast as well was because we wanted to. And people were saying on our Zoom chats on Friday night, like, oh, it turns into the Sam and Alex show. Well, that's because we were the only two people that were talking. We weren't talking over anyone else. That just There was a dip in conversation. And me and Alex were like, hey, let's just talk about stuff. And then it just turns into a nostalgia waffle. Yeah. And they were like, 
Okay, guys, if you think it's that intrusive, let's just do a dedicated fortnightly episode in which we exclusively do that. You've got the limitation on a, on a Zoom chat that there's only really one conversation going on at any one time because you're all in the same yeah. room and everyone hears at the same volume. You can't have yeah. that, like, if you're at a party or something where people move into their own spaces and have conversations. So, yeah, like you said, when there was a dip, we'd get to a point where we'd just fill that dip. We're dip fillers. There you go. It was either always adventure or dippy fillers, you know. We couldn't make our decision. <laughs> September's a bit of a dip. October, where we got back up again, the Halloween episode, swaps episode as well, where we <laughs> freaky Friday one. It was definitely our most experimental month, even though it was quite stressful for both of us because we, you know, you changed jobs recently as well, and you know that was like ah. Well, October was just yeah busy month. Oh, November, we got all of our characters to fight to the death. I'm not quite sure how we're going to address the fact that everyone except Jack Supper was dead. We'll figure <laughs> it out. In summary, this podcast has taught me a lot about creating something with someone else, editing, time management, of course, about you, Alex. I don't think we've had such a consistent level of communication before, even when we were spending loads of time together, like back in Kent and stuff. So as such, we've somehow managed to generate even more in-jokes than before, (laughs) (laughs) which has now been shared with an often puzzled audience. I think we've accurately portrayed what it's like to spend time near us, whilst we talk because we're just as stupid when we're not being recorded and in fact we always have been when we were younger and we'd spend weekends together going places t- typically to hastings and then regret going to hastings because we never found because anything, hastings. Which is anything <laughs> useful there it's got us given us an opportunity to to reconnect in the way we did then but as the adults that we are now that closer connection and the, the things we've always done the stupidity, the, the, the in-jokes, just uh, a different scale, different level now, and also committed to forever existing on the internet. Yeah, so if we forget how stupid we are because of old age, if we look back and go, oh dear. Oh dear, <laughs> oh dear. Speaking of oh dear, I'm going to have to go for a wee because this beer is making its way through me. But when we come back, we get into this story time. Well, that's it. My bladder has now been drained. I've knocked my microphone at least four times. It's all good. My bladder is not critically full yet. Okay, just to let you know, this story is going to be quite long. So if you need to go for a piss, do it. All right, I will. You could have said. It's a long one. That's how long it is. This is being released on New Year's Eve. And in the spirit of New Year's Eve, I thought I'd share a story time about a new year that I had. I just realised that this, I don't have a bottle opener. <laughs> How are you going to open it? I use a small flathead screwdriver. Whee! Just doing a shit. Okay, so New Year's Eve 2003. So that was 18 years ago. Why do I keep reminding myself how old I am? The inevitable march of time. Has led me to recount this fucking evening. Are you comfortable, Alex? Because you're about to get very uncomfortable whilst I read this story. (laughs) (laughs) All was relatively quiet during most of December 2003. Chiefly with starting a new job amidst Christmas season, seeing me rather rushed off my feet. However, the end of year celebrations would serve to rectify my stint of sobriety by essentially spitting in its face and setting it ablaze. (laughs) It was as if I subconsciously goaded myself into outdoing any prior piss-ups daring to wade as deep into the mire of inebriation as humanly possible. Of course, the outcome of this was far from pretty, even going as far as to inflict lasting trauma that haunts me still. I've stupidly scratched the inside of my nose so it's bleeding slightly. Cool. Helpful. Uh, <laughs> only fans content. Fucking good effort. You snot blood! At around 6pm on December the 31st, 2003, I walked up at Maya's place with two vital artefacts, a full litre of Bell's whiskey and an equally sizeable vessel of Malibu coconut rum. I am unsure as to why I chose this rather unorthodox pairing beyond them both being on offer at Tesco, but there we go. <laughs> I'm in danger! Wasting very little time, I cracked open the Bell's before even sitting down. <laughs> Not wishing to drink alone, I poured a generous measure for both Stoon and myself before, rather ironically, saluting to her good health <laughs> and downing it in a single gulp. Whilst Stoon managed to make a feat appear effortless, I almost choked up the harsh, watery liquid 
salivating slightly through mild nausea before attempting a brave face. It has to be said, I did feel a flash of envy for Stu's ability to not behave like a total wet blanket whilst chugging huge measures of neat whiskey. So feeling slightly emasculated and not a little competitive, I challenged him to shot after shot after shot. Sounds like a good start. This is, what, 6pm? So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> For context, seemed, this is way too fucking early. Which seemed to get easier with each subsequent measure. This is almost certainly down to increasing inebriation levels rather than a naturally accrued tolerance, though I had myself fooled. Yeah, because you, you become tolerant in three shots. Yeah, yep. This dance continued for around 40 minutes, eventually polishing off the entire one litre bottle 50-50. So by this time it wasn't even seven in the evening. Yep, that is a correct. That I is a correct. A, that's a correct. Yeah, I was a little amazed that, considering I just blazed through 500 mil of offensively strong whiskey in less time than it takes to watch an episode of Buffy, I hadn't fallen over, thrown up, or both. Or been thrown out. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Had I just stopped there, I probably wouldn't have sealed such a fate. But as a young, slightly shit-faced man with rapidly vanishing common sense, I sought to push the boundaries way farther than was advised. The others in attendance were being comparatively, but by no means entirely, sensible with their alcohol intake. They were catching up fast though, quickly suggesting we venture outdoors for some fresh air, or more likely to smoke some weed down the local park. Electing to tag log was just about the stupidest move I could have made, with fresh, wintry air serving as some kind of fast-acting alcohol purifier. <laughs> the effects were nigh on instant, making it feel as if I'd been hit with a truck made of dizziness, slurred speech, and impaired judgment. And replaced your legs with Bambi's legs. In spite of this huge spike in drunken sensation, I managed to make it across the road, over a stile, through a dark field, and into the play park without incident. Where some skeletons live. Skellingtons. It could only have been around 7pm at this point, meaning there was some ways to go before the midnight ushered in a new trip around the sun. At that time of year, it's pretty much mm. pitch black by five anyway, so it might as well be 11 o'clock because it's no different in terms of what it looks like outside. I don't think that was the problem, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least we were upright and relatively compass mentis, showing there was hope for us yet. Once everyone was comfortable on the jungle gym and swinging big mouthfuls of cheap cider, I revealed the bottle of Malibu from my jacket pocket. Both opening and consuming this sickly sweet libation were two of the worst decisions I'd made, not just that evening, but of all time. It's S-tier decisions. Bad. Well, specifically regarding alcohol abuse, at least. Okay. I was far more generous with this drink, mainly because other people actually showed an interest in consuming it, unlike the Bell's whiskey. Apart from the dick a... measuring contest you had. Passing it around the group, I took substantial swigs whenever it came back to me until before long it had been depleted. Everything seemed okay at first, until it very suddenly wasn't. <laughs> Overwhelming dizziness and horribly familiar latent nausea barging their way in. All signs pointed to either a quick lay down or tactical junga. Junga? <laughs> tactical big chungus. Chunda to combat this intoxication, but perhaps not simultaneously. Completely betraying all sense of logic, I suggested we continue our celebrations back at Maya's place, for if we wait much longer, I would likely need to be carried. I enjoy the fact that currently the banana for scale is just in shot. I'll crop it like that, so it's just that bit. Who is this banana talking? He's so enthralling. Sure does abuse his body through drink, because he's a fruit and has a body. Fruit turns into alcohol eventually. So anyway. And then into a crab. Or alcohol eventually. If you leave a champagne for 30 years, it turns into a crab. You're welcome. Crab Bernays Sauvignon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go on with the story. Rather unsurprisingly, the rest of my evening melted into a hazy blur, punctuated by fleeting moments of semi-lucidity. I vaguely recall loudly opining about Metallica's and Justice for All at Maya's stepdad, arguing that, aside from the terrible production, it contains some of their strongest material. He did not agree with this, which sparked a clumsy debate with a man not only twice my age, but with all his senses intact. Clearly defeated, I slumped down on Maya's couch whilst fruitlessly attempting to pull the bending, spinning room into focus. All at once I came over incredibly short of breath, nauseous and in desperate need of fresh air. Feeling a horrid rising in my guts, I pushed past the others and flung myself outside just in time for it all to go south. Or to be technically correct, north 
and then south again. <laughs> My mouth hadn't even a chance to fully open in time before giving way to what seemed like a full litre of vomit, spraying forth the intensity of a broken water main and covering a sizable area with my foul-smelling leavings. <laughs> the exertion of this expulsion buckled both knees, causing me to collapse dangerously close to my ever-widening puddle of putrid matter, which was now running into the road. Both eyes were streaming and my head was filled with the loud rushing noise of blood seesawing in an attempt to balance out. I began to panic as breathing had become a challenge, entirely convinced I was going to pass out right into my steaming sick puddle and drown. I probably would have were it not for the fact that my vomit symphony had merely completed its overture. The second helping brought forth a searing pain from deep within my guts as it attempted to eject as much poison as possible by any means necessary. This extremely loud and very public session <laughs> went on for some time before anyone thought to come and either check I was still alive or silence me for good. It was my brother who came to my aid and, despite being considerably shit-faced himself, managed to help me upright. He rather wisely suggested I head home and sleep it off, not before attempting to be sober in front of our parents whilst explaining my early return. He had to, had to get yourself from Tenterden to Wittisham at this point. No, no, th sorry, this was actually in Wittisham. This all happened in Wittisham. Maya okay. lived in Wittisham at the time. I know ah. she lived in Tenterden when you knew her, but... Almost entirely spent of energy, I incoherently mumbled in agreement before stumbling in the general direction of my house. My brother watched carefully as I shuffled off, chiefly to make sure I didn't stack it and face plant in the road, before heading back and commencing his own binge session. Because by that point, it was probably not even eight o'clock. We're about to find out. I'm, I'm going to reveal <laughs> the time in a second. Despite traversing damp fields in pitch black conditions with motor functions barely operational, let alone eyesight, I managed to get home in relatively good time and without incident. One final massive hurdle remains though, the arduous task of appearing sober whilst explaining my early return to mum and dad. The anxiety alone offered a window of relative lucidity which cut through drunken stupor. Now was my chance. Taking a deep breath, and mustering all available focus, I attempted to saunter through the living room doorway in a graceful, sober manner whilst calmly regaling my parents with tales of an evening cut short. To absolutely no one's surprise, I completely and utterly fucked this task up. <laughs> Losing my balance at the last second, I clumsily flung both arms out to grab the living room door frame so that I didn't end up falling on my stupid, drunken face. I did so just in time to spare some dignity, but not before my parents clocked on that something was amiss. They asked if I was okay. Their faces wrought with concern, but tinged with a hint of mild amusement. The second hurdle of having to make up an excuse was fast approaching, and, inevitably, I fell the fuck over that one too. Let me just point out at this point, this would not be their first rodeo, so they would know exactly what you look like. As soon as you're bulging-eyed, not even looking at anyone kind of look head flopping in the breeze are you grabbing a door frame so you fall over kind of bandy <laughs> no, ass bandy ass personage just got it got into their front room you're like he's fucking steaming isn't he it's the first thing they thought after a tense moment during which my head unceremoniously flopped forward then back again <laughs> <laughs> this is a sober man i leaned back and stared in their general direction whilst muttering yeah I'm just tired go to bed now a few tense seconds of consideration passed before they seemed content with this feeble, clumsy excuse. <laughs> Relieved, I made the difficult crawl upstairs and into bed, instantly blacking out as soon as my skull touched soft pillows. But that is not the end of the story, unfortunately. Oh no. My first morning of 2004 was, in a phrase, the gift that just kept on giving. <laughs> not content in granting me a sense of vigour, I was faced with true horror in its place. Shortly after prying my eyes open, I became very aware of a faintly unpleasant Malibu-tinged smell that was difficult to properly discern. My attention was directed at the warm, damp sensation on my chest, which was initially dismissed as alcohol poisoning-induced fever sweat. I lay down for a short while, allowing my vision to settle and gathering the will to finally lift myself out of bed. Once rising from my bedded surrounding, I was greeted with... Not fresh air, but the thick miasma of Malibu-fragranced foulness that my prone body had been keeping at bay. The part of my bed where I'd slept was soaked through, not with sweat, but with a sizable patch of bile and chunky matter. The realisation of what I was faced with both horrified and served to mentally scar me for life. 
and I only gone and thrown up in my sleep and laid in it for God knows how long. My body let out an involuntary spasm of disgust, followed by an audible moan of despair. <laughs> I had surely achieved a new personal low. <laughs> Pulling myself together, I headed into the bathroom and began cleaning sick from myself and my sheets alike. Though upon returning to my room, I almost gagged at the sheer stench of it all. I had to make several trips to get rid of the main mess, stopping short of just setting everything on fire to purge our house of such evil. My parents greeted me upon my final return from the bathroom, seemingly taking great enjoyment in regaling me with tales of my drunken twattery. Seeing as I assumed a royal bollocking for endangering my life and redecorating parts of my bedroom was on the cards, I considered their mockery a victory. <laughs> with a childish grin, Dad excitedly recounted a missing memory of mine, whether I wanted to hear about it or not. There was allegedly a point in the evening where they checked in on me to see if I wasn't dead and outright asked, had you been drinking, Samuel? Clearly beyond caring, I managed to, yep, before pushing past them to the toilet for what I imagine was a yet another bout of being horribly sick. I'm genuinely amazed that there was anything left to throw up at that point, considering the family-sized portion of pavement gumbo I'd served up on the <laughs> pavement not too long before. After taking their mockery on the chin, I followed them downstairs for a much-needed fry-up, which served to revitalise a bit and help put the horrors behind me. I did not feel 100% until 4pm that day, making it the was, longest hangover I'd ever experienced. Was that fry-up as restorative as the one we had when we were in Rye? Nothing can beat that. That was the, the fry-up to end all fry-ups, really. That, 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 hand, that what pulled, my hand's doing. That, that pulled me out of a very low ebb <laughs> back into reality again. Later that week, I met up with the other attendees of the New Year's Eve Vomitathon for a debrief of sorts. Once they finished laughing at the pathetic brevity of my binge drinking revelry, <laughs> it was 8pm by the time I passed out, by the way, Damn. they admitted that not one of them actually made it to midnight. Both my brother and Maya got incredibly wrecked on a combo of weed and booze, a term they later coined as smunking, before passing out at around 10pm with the others shortly following suit. It did come as a slight relief that I wasn't the only prat to peak way too early and see in 2004 whilst entirely unconscious. I guess they didn't end up vomiting all over Wittersham and themselves though, so I had them beat on that front. Yes, a victory. Thanks to what I'd endured, if anything alcoholic goes near my face, vaguely reminiscent of Malibu, my body will 100% reject it. That's right, I managed to achieve trauma on a biological level, which is colloquially known as the fear. What transpired was a true learning experience in terms of knowing exactly when to completely go off the rails at certain events. I'd like to clarify, as you will surely discover, that it didn't stop me making similar mistakes with different types of drink moving forward. Quite. I wouldn't change my New Year's Eve ordeal in the slightest, as it seemed befitting conclusion to 2003's numerous drunken sessions. I feel we certainly set the bar for 2004, but doubted things could get much more ridiculous than what came before. Surely. Don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Malibu, because I'll vomit everywhere. <laughs> it's not a, a spirit spirit that I've ever considered purchasing for the house as a thing to have hanging around, because nope, I, I too am not that fussed by Malibu. Yeah, it can, it can do one. It's the same with tequila, actually. This is why I don't know why I drink tequila, because even if I have one shot of tequila and that's it for the rest of the evening, I will vomit by the end of the night. It's like my body's like, nah, mate, don't do it. Don't do I, it. <laughs> I, drink, I drink tequila, but as soon as it touches my lips, my entire body just like convulses in repulsion of it immediately. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? That's my story. That's it's, our that's, story. What did I do New Year's Eve 2003? No fucking idea. Yeah, that's because you did vomit everywhere and remember it through trauma that's why the spicy memories live on zam asks what do you have to say to all the people who didn't listen to our podcast in 2021 fuck you no we don't blame you for not checking us out there are quite literally hundreds of thousands of independent podcasts out there isn't there so we're but a drop in the ocean or a pile of shit in the street in the view of a homeless man i guess we're a shit you? taken in front of a homeless man in the middle of nowhere you do you boo if you don't want to listen to us you don't want to listen to us if you find that it's something you want to listen to through your own journey of discovery then by all means i'm happy happy this was never meant for other people per se it was entirely our own self-indulgent need to have a structured creative reason to do vienna <laughs> vienna yeah quite to continue our friendship just with yeah. more forced structure i guess yeah anyone else who's enjoyed it is a bonus obviously but if you've dropped in at this point 
what the fuck are you doing? Go back to the start and watch the hilarity get better. So with our own plans, we've got vague plans for season two. So I reckon you should keep an eye out next year for anyone who's looking to listen to two blokes in their mid-30s chatting bollocks for up to and over an hour. We've got ideas. We've got potential plans for things. It's not going to be like this. I don't think it's going to be like this. To be honest, the fact that we did this for this long is amazing and i always look back on it with fond memories but it's not a sustainable format we need to do something that is easier for both of us who knows what we've got next it might actually appeal to a wider audience you never know i'm not going to spoil anything one of my lights has finally run out of battery i've noticed <laughs> oh no so we're nearing the end of our final episode and it's been an emotional journey and you know what will make it even more emotional is doing a chambolet so that is it thank you for not only enduring this episode but an entire 10 months of whatever the fuck we have actually done here so we're going to be taking a break over the new year because we are human beings that need breaks and rest and stuff and we're not bots of new york we're not bullshit tony's cosmic bed and bath holistic shower gel aggressive formulation or something bony disappeared in like a bit past august yeah it's like the end of august september just disappeared we were return we were return return become the avatar of riptorn we return with some of the shit you enjoy and quite likely some of the shit you don't enjoy. We head over to Twitter at AAA underscore Alex Sam. We'll still be updating you on the world of our toilet activities. Plus, keep an eye out for any random content nuggets or singular nug at 40p apiece that we may slip in there. For some unknown reason, I also set up a Reddit for us at AAA underscore podcast where we expect the same, if not fewer, levels of engagement. Fewant. And... Before we close the show, I'd like to thank everybody who contributed using questions or ideas or anything. So we're going to read them out in alphabetic order because we don't believe in favouritism. We have Ace Abe. Amber. B. Bella. Carrot Sus. Corrosive Hitman. Crack Elf. Ed. Eggman. Gaz. Ginger Bean. Havoc. Hedge. Hex Lady. Laloony. Meat Daddy. Nah V. Ollie. Purple Goblin. Retis. Sub Sound. Tom. Trash Lotus, which is also Crack Elf. Why not? Travers. Vincent. W. Young Ham. And finally, Zoe. We apologise to anyone that we missed out. You're in our hearts and minds anyway. We've answered so many questions. And the only thing left to do, other than apologise for your pseudonyms that we gave you, is to Chambolet. Chambolet, oh. I'm going to get the bin because I know I'm light, so I'm going to put the bin under me. I'm going to get a tissue because I'm going to throw foam all over me. So this is for you, <coughs> our loyal 10 or so listeners. We love you all. We're seeing Those about yet. to die, we salute you. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. This is not working. Come on. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh. <laughs> fucking hell it just keeps coming it just keeps coming and it don't stop coming oh um oh fucking hell uh. <coughs> it's, it's still coming it's still coming uh. now somehow I've got foam in my chambolet stick good effort um well much like the Venga bus Mine just keeps... <laughs> and this is a banana for scale, by the way. This is how big this can is. It is so large and in charge. Right. That is truly uh, it for season one. We hope you have a better new year than I did 18 years ago. And thank you so much for putting up with us. And we will see you in 2022. It's the final time of this year to say, take care. Take care. Take care. Some sort of horrendous sample face monstrosity with the generic thunder. Some sort of horrendous sample face monstrosity with the generic thunder. Oh god, I feel a bit sick now. <laughs> That's an outro.